This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. The Nonprofit Leadership Podcast is supported by First Republic Bank. You set your financial goals years ago, and now you're reaching them. You're ready to do more than you thought because you didn't come this far only to come this far. With First Republic, you get a personal banker, a consistent point of contact, who's ready to help you go the rest of the way. Learn more at firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology, tools, and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now is the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations from creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you'd like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Securities offered through Infinex Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. Welcome podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in today. Now, many of you know that in addition to my podcast, I'm the CEO of a regional humanitarian nonprofit. One of our critical services is that we provide food for our local community. In fact, we have two food pantries serving two counties. Among the many stories that have stuck with me over the years have been the stories that I hear around the impact pets have on humans. What I mean by that is we have had several seniors and veterans that come through our food pantry and they've mentioned to us at times that when the economic times have hit them hard, one of their biggest concerns, after not being able to feed themselves or their families perhaps, is the inability to feed their pets. Why that's so important is that for those who live by themselves especially, their pet is their only companion. And studies have shown that pets have a tremendously positive impact on both the mental and physical health of their owners. And that's why pets are so important. Well, my guest today is passionate about all things pet-related. My guest is Suzanne Kogut, president of Petco Love. Since their founding in 1999, which was then called the Petco Foundation, Petco Love has empowered animal welfare organizations by investing $330 million in adoption and other life-saving efforts. 
Now, this is such a fun interview with Suzanne. She really shares some fascinating insights, and I think you're going to enjoy it. All right, well, enjoy Suzanne's interview. Now on to the show. Well, Suzanne, great to have you on the show today. Thanks for being here. I'm, I'm really, I look forward to, to talking with you today about Pekka Love. Absolutely. Well, I've had a lot of guests on my show over the last couple of years specifically to talk about the economic impact of COVID, as well as the impact of inflation on people and specifically individuals, humans. But when it comes to economic turbulence, there is a direct effect on pets too, which we don't often talk about. And now my listeners, you may be wondering, well, why is that important? But just a side note a bit, but it relates to today. I'm the CEO of a nonprofit that has two food pantries. And I can tell you firsthand that for many of our food pantry recipients, like seniors and veterans in particular, their only source of companionship in this world is their pet. So if they can't afford to keep their pet or feed their pet, that literally has a direct negative impact on that person, both on their mental health and their sense of loneliness. So it does have an impact on humans if pets are affected by all of these things, as we mentioned, COVID, well, as well as inflation and, and whatnot. So that's what we're going to start with, Suzanne, is let's talk a little bit about how the economic impact has affected our pets, which in turn impacts humans. Yeah, I love the fact that you start with how pets affect humans because that is so important. Actually, not only do I, I, I get the pleasure of serving on, on Petco Love, but I also am on the board of Hobry, which is the Human Animal Bond Research Institute. Oh, excellent. And Hobry has done many studies about the impact of pets on people. And it's like over 80% of people will, will say that their pets not only have a positive impact on their mental health and their physical health, both. Right. And, and, you know, we've actually just even recently did a study on diversity and how, how people of all different races are impacted by their pets and how do they feel. And, you know, what that showed is like the love of pets is universal, but also that positive impact of pets across the board impacts all races and ethnicities very much the same. They have a positive impact on our mental health and our physical health. And even to boot, the other thing that this study proved is that pets bring us together, right? So when we look at sort of the, we have inflation, COVID, and then just divided times, pets are really like the answer to everything, right? <laughs> they help our mental health, it. the physical health, and they bring us together. I've, I, I, we were talking one time, I said, I think on the Hill, everyone should just have pets in their offices and maybe then we could get things together and agree on things together. Because the one thing that's universal is people love pets and they make our lives better. So everyone should have one. And about 70% of all households do at this point. So we're getting close. But there you go. I, I mean, that's a fascinating insight about how it unifies us. Pets unify us as human beings. I think it's a really good point. Well, obviously Petco has been very involved. Everyone has heard of the brand Petco. So I want to talk a little bit more about the nonprofit arm, so to speak, that Petco started called Petco Love. Now Petco is focused on supporting under-resourced organizations with the relentless determination really to save pets' lives. Now you, I know personally, are committed to a future in which no pet is unnecessarily euthanized. So with that as a background, I understand that Petco Love recently has announced a $15 million grant and in investments to its hundreds of animal welfare partners that are across the U.S. So talk more about that. Who will benefit from these grant investments and how do they work? 
So yeah, Petco Love is really committed to ending unnecessary euthanasia of pets, especially like, let's start at our shelters. I think it's, we just talked about how much people love their pets, how in that we talk in the U.S. about pets are our families, are part of our family, and then yet we're still euthanizing pets for no reason. And that that's just something we have to end, right? I mean, I think that if we really love our pets and they're part of our family, that is something that we should all be committed to ending. And the great thing is, it's actually something we could end. So when you really look at the the number of households that have pets, you know, it's like 100 million households. And yet if just like a couple of, per, 2% of them would just like foster a pet for a short time period until it found its home, we can end euthanasia tomorrow. And so we, wow. I, we look at that and go, why haven't we done that? Right now, we've built a system that is very dependent on the care of those pets that need us the most at the shelters and the animal welfare organizations. And so we have, you know, that's a big focus area for Petco Love is funding those organizations to help them do that work locally. And we, you know, when we, we talk about impact a lot, we tend to fund some of the organizations that are the most under-resourced, but yet when we look at what they're doing with their funds, they're doing great work. So I think across the board, most nonprofits are doing something towards their mission. We don't want to just fund the ones that are doing something. We want to fund the ones that are doing the most and making the most significant impact with the dollars that we give them. And so that's really sort of what we've built our our philosophy and our strat our funding strategy on. I like that. That's good. Well, and I realized maybe we should back up just a little bit as I've learned a bit of the history of Petco Love. It was originally started as a public charity, initially established, of course, by a retail brand, Petco. How has your organization grown and become its own separate and independent from Petco Corporate? Yeah. So we've been around for over 20 years. And okay. what what, what was happening, yeah. So at Petco, they were always working with the local nonprofits and doing things for them and allowing them to bring animals for adoptions in their store. And finally, someone said, hey, we should really just form a nonprofit so we can even do more, right? And so that was done in 1999. And it was formed as a public charity. And you say like, well, what's that? A public charity? So the difference, you know, public charity is most of our funding, you know, obviously we we have tremendous benefits from Petco. But also a lot of our funding comes from that, that customer that may be shopping and is just going to round up at the register or make a $2 donation, or maybe they're going to do a $5 or $10 donation. And all those little, those little donations that someone makes on a transaction, they, are, they all come together to make significant impact. And that's what enables us to do $15 million of funding to animal welfare organizations or funding, you know, nonprofit clinics that are serving community pets who pet parents can't afford treatment, doing vaccine clinics, and, and then doing other things that I know we'll talk about later on some of like the reuniting lost pets. So it, it's that engine of just, you know, that, that PECO engine has has helped us not only a lot of Petco vendors support us, our our Petco guests support us, of course, Petco, and even having that prompt in their store every single day. And then they open up their stores to give them space to do pet adoptions too. So 
it's just an amazing um, wheel that that really brings everyone in to serve those pets in need. So we're really grateful for that. So if I'm understanding right, it sounds like it started as kind of more of an arm of Petco, but then it literally has become its own public charity, 501c3, separately from the corporate brand Petco. And you're saying that's been a good change. Like that's actually allowed you to do even more. Is that correct? I think, yeah. It, and I mean, there's there's so many things that we can do as far as raising money publicly from the public. Um, we have a separate independent board. We have a lot of really enthusiastic board members. Um, I bet. We have a, you know, something we're proud of. We have a very diverse board, right? We're a very inclusive board. We try to reach all communities. And, but it is, we still have the Petco name, but, you know, that, that, that name in itself brings us, number one, such credibility but also all of our Petco partners are all excited about what Petco Love does to help those people and the pets most in need, that they're our greatest advocates, you know, on the ground, in the local communities, asking guests to donate $2 at the register, working with their local animal welfare groups and saying, hey, come in and do adoptions in our stores. We have habitats where cats can be there all the time opens up more space to care for the animals, um, and then just helps us get a message out more broadly to the public. So it, it's, it's been a great change, and I think it just enables us to do so much more. Uh, here's a, a, a totally random you know, example. Sure. Um, we also partner with other corporations as a separate okay. nonprofit. Uh-huh. So we partner with Bob's from Skechers, um, they have their own philanthropic shoe and apparel line where they want to help animals. So if you buy a, sh- a shoe or a shirt, a portion of the, that, those proceeds will go to Petco Love to help help more animals. And they're very committed to it. And I, I always like to, I call it the shoes that make you smile. Because you look down at your feet and you got happy dogs, happy cats, something colorful looking back up at you. And so what a great partnership we're able to have too. That's a great example. I love that. Thanks for sharing that. Now, one of the issues that, you know, as we kind of dive into your leadership and what you experienced at Petco Love, you know, obviously with that switching out and becoming a separate independent nonprofit organization, and then just within that organization, as you've grown, I understand you've dealt with change like any other nonprofit organization. And I've had, again, many conversations on this show where we've talked about change and how it's difficult sometimes. People can struggle with it. Organizations can struggle with change, particularly when we try to bring about change without duplicating efforts or competing with others. So maybe you can answer, why is change so hard in your opinion? And how do you overcome that resistance to change and bring about effective or positive change that's embraced by the entire team? How has Petco dealt with that, specifically with Petco Love? That's a great, that's a great question. So I personally have gone through a lot of change in my own career. So maybe that's helped me deal with change and actually help give me the experience to try to help others deal with change, right? So I, I started off as a corporate securities lawyer and then worked in a bank. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to switch to the nonprofit world. And I went and ran a small nonprofit animal shelter, 5,000. Well, it wasn't so small, I guess medium, 5,000 animals. And wow, that was for me personally, a huge change about how things operated differently there. And I also, when I started, took over an organization that had a very, very high euthanasia rate. And so the only, and I, I, I couldn't live with that. Right. And I was like, we have to save the animals. That's what we're here for. 
and really trying to bring people, bring change there initially probably was the hardest thing I personally have ever done leading a team in my life because okay. there wasn't the ability to see that the, the, there could be a different result. Right. And trying right. to convince people. So I think you have to, to really get people to change. You have to be able to get them to see the possibilities uh, um, like that. that you can be successful. And that even if it's hard and difficult in the middle of that, what's going to come out of it and the benefit is big. And so it's worth those pain points. And the pain points don't actually mean that you're not succeeding in it. It's just sort of like, I don't know, growing pains, right? Sometimes right. you just need growing pains and you need to work through things and come up with solutions. I always had a model motto of, you know, solutions, not excuses, and just really focus on the positive. Um, and you can really accomplish great things. So you just have to go through things sometimes, I think. We'll be right back. The Nonprofit Leadership Podcast is supported by First Republic Bank. You set your financial goals years ago, and now you're reaching them. You're ready to do more than you thought because you didn't come this far, only to come this far. With First Republic, you get a personal banker, a consistent point of contact, who's ready to help you go the rest of the way. Learn more at firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology, tools, and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now is the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations, from creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you'd like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofitinvesting. Securities offered through Infinex Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. Georgia College and State University is Georgia's public liberal arts university. They have a 36-hour Master's of Public Administration program, which is fully online, using innovative techniques to engage students while allowing flexibility for working professionals. The program is fully accredited and earned U.S. News & World Report's Best Graduate Program ranking in its 2021 edition. There are two 12-hour professional certificates offered alongside the program, Leadership and Nonprofit Management and Election Administration. And if you're out of state, there are no additional costs for out-of-state students. Check out Georgia College and State University today. Well, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. 
just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you will find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, including some from other countries, all trying to make their world better. And when you go to our website, you can also subscribe to my monthly leadership update in order to get more content, ask me questions, and join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community. Just look for the subscribe button, which is on the top right-hand side. It's a real easy process. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. Well, I appreciate your perspective that you've been now, you're in a large uh, foundation, obviously, an organization, but you were at small to medium. You've seen the full gamut, so to speak. And I really like that of helping your team. You're saying that if you help them really picture what these changes are going to bring about, the, the image and the vision of the future, that's really helped you bring about that change. Yeah. And I think honest, being honest with yourself when you start up front that it's okay not to be perfect. It's okay that things, you know, you don't know exactly how things are going to go. That's okay. I think we're actually, Petco Love is actually going through another change right now. And and that when we first started, our focus was bringing in funds and then giving those funds out wisely to the most productive and effective life-saving organization. We're still doing that, but we're also going to add another element that's maybe perhaps a little bit more operational. So, and, and so really shifting from we're a funder to actually a doer, which actually really means you have to really be accountable yourself for the success of what you're looking to accomplish it is, is, you know, is something that we're going through ourselves. But we started with the idea that what we were seeking to achieve, and this was about, this is about reuniting lost pets. If we were able to achieve reuniting lost pets, it would make a significant impact on saving lives and relieving the burden on our animal shelters. And nonetheless, it is one of the most risky things we can go into because so many others have not been successful yet in doing that. And so be realistic up front that the impact and the benefits are great. But it's a challenging thing, and you just got to keep your head down and keep going forward. Well, there's no doubt the importance of healthy change and evolving positively as a nonprofit organization, as you're really uh, alluding to, is critical really to the long-term sustainability for any organization. So when it comes to your organization, how have you implemented regular evaluations and then made the necessary changes and then continue to evolve as a nonprofit? We always, I mean, I think we, we start with, we're a, we're a national animal welfare nonprofit and we aren't the only one. So let's go look at what everyone else is doing and let's try to figure out what our lane is, right? We don't need to duplicate something because and that someone else is already doing and they're doing successfully. Um, and there may be ways that we can partner with them and tell people about what they're doing. And then we're doing something else and we can we can get each other's work out because let's face it, there's enough work to go around for everyone. So we try to stay in our lane, figure out what we're doing, and then constantly look at what other people are doing. So I'll give another example. We used to do a a large foster campaign, really trying to get more people to foster pets. We're still doing it, but we constantly look at that and say, hey, wow, a lot of people have gotten into that. Should we still be 
there or should we move on to something else? Is someone else addressing that? So constantly looking at what others are doing and where the need is the greatest and whether we are best suited to meet that need or maybe someone else's and we can just work with that. I like that. Now, for my listeners' sake, again, we already pointed out that Petco Love gives out grants, but you also provide some other things. Um, In fact, I'm going to highlight a few of those. Maybe you can speak to each one of these. Um, Again, your goal is to keep pets healthy and to stay with their loving families. Um, There's three different things I wanted to focus on. Is Number one, you've got Petco Love Lost, which is a searchable national pet lost and found database, which is fast, it's free, it's uh, easy to use, with one in three pets going missing in their lifetime, which I had no idea. So one in three pets go missing in their lifetime at some time. So Petco Love uh, can really be used by anyone who loses or finds a pet and seeks to reunite those pets directly with their family. So that's cool. So maybe let's just start with that. Talk a little bit more. How does that work? And that was a little bit of an astounding stat that one in three pets will go missing sometime in their lifetime. Well, and let's, so one in three pets go missing in their lifetime. And I think a lot of people think, oh, it's not going to happen to me. And I've always thought that and it did actually happen to me. And I was like, oh my, I had a new dog and <laughs> uh-huh. I'm a pretty good pet owner. And I was right? panicked and everything. So it can happen Yep. and it can happen to the best of pet owners. So we need to make sure that those pets are getting back to their family. So when you look at that, in addition to that statistic, about 50% of the pets that are entering shelters are entering as stray or lost pets. One of the things that we always like to talk about is we need to stop calling them stray pets. I think that makes people think that they're unwanted or somehow abandoned or whatever. They're lost pets. They may have been on someone's couch. They accidentally got away. We need to get them back with their families. If we do that, that pet's going to be happier. That family is going to be ecstatic. They want to be with them for a lifetime of love. For sure. And and the shelter is not going to be burdened with caring for that pet or trying to find it a new home. So what we saw in this, I think this is a great area where we said, like, where can the local groups alone were not solving this? And if you've ever had a lost pet, you will know that number one, you're totally panicked when that happens. And then when you go to say, like, what do I do? Go on any local shelter's website and it's going to give you 20 things to do, right? Post flyers on the telephone pole. Make sure your microchip is up to date. And if you have a microchip, post on, no, hopefully they'll tell you to post on Petco Love Lost too. And then they're going to say next door, social media. That it's going to just like a laundry list of things. Now you are panicked. And also go out and look in your neighborhood. What if we had one central system where every lost pet went in? If it was lost, went in when it was found. And if all of them went in, all of them would go home, right? So that's really what we're trying to do. On top of it, we added, we have image recognition technology to make the search. So if you put a photo of a pet, it'll pull up the photos of the pet or the pets in our database that are close, that are close to that photo. We also have all the shelters. Well, I shouldn't say all, a lot of the shelters feeding all their information at the pets in the shelter. So why go to six shelters in your area, if you could go to Petco Love Lost. So that's what really what we're trying to accomplish this. We want to simplify it for pet owners. We want to simplify it for shelters. We want to make it free and accessible to everyone so we can send those pets right back home where they belong. That's our goal. And, you know, we think it's stepping in and, and as a national org to bring the technology across the board to all organizations throughout the country is the way to do that. 
No, fascinating. No, a great service. Well, let's talk about the second service, um, vaccines. We talk a lot about human vaccines, but you provide free pet vaccines that give pets their best shot at a healthy life by preventing deadly diseases. In fact, since August 2021, Petco Love has provided more than 800,000 family pets with these vaccinations to create healthy pet communities. So talk about that. How does this work and how can people find out a little bit more information about this? So people can go to our our website at Petco Love. At Petco, there's a section, Petco Love Care, and we will have a list of orgs that are participating. What we are doing is we're working in partnership with Merck and we're providing the vaccines for free directly to the organizations that are holding mass clinics or that have clinics where they can provide um, that to their community. What we're also doing, and, and you know, this is, we, you know, we talked about looking at the data and making sure you're serving a need, we're actually surveying pet parents that are going through these clinics. And what we found is about only about 37% of the people attending these clinics, their pet, their pet had ever been vaccinated for these very easily preventable diseases. So we're reaching okay. over 60% of pet parents that their pets weren't even vaccinated for these diseases. And let wow. me be clear, these are diseases that are very preventable and deadly and costly to treat, even if you can save them. So we just, when we look at the world of access to care, which is making sure every pet has access to the veterinarian care that it, that it can receive, there are estimates that there's sort of a $20 billion shortfall to meet a need that doesn't exist. What we tried to do is come in and say, how can we make the biggest impact on the most pets um, and, and really get, make sure they never get that disease in the first place that, that, that they may not be able to afford $2,000 worth of care if they do get it. Let's stop it from happening. So we're committed to that. We've actually got over a million and we're going into 2 million free vaccines. So we want to blanket the country and we're really working with our local partners to make those clinics possible. That's a lot of uh, vaccines you're offering around the country. So that's very impressive. Well, in conjunction with this $15 million investment in animal welfare, you have mentioned this before, and it's all over your website, which is um, the fact that really Petco Love is an advocacy organization in many ways, and you're trying to galvanize pet parents and caretakers and communities to take action, you know, to make sure this world's a better, safer, and more caring place for all pets. So in a sense, you're like an advocacy organization for pets, right? Talk more about that. Like, what does that look like? Uh, How does that play out? and, And how do you provide that service? Yeah, I mean, I think really that's really just about telling the stories of how much pets really do positively impact our life, but then also telling, really communicating to people that everything that they do really does make a difference, right? That $2 donation at the register turns into $15 million to organizations around the country saving pets. Great. You can't do that. Like, could you foster a pet? Bring it in your house for a week until it gets adopted. If you're bringing a pet into your family, you know, choose adoption. Always think about adopting an animal first because there's so many great animals that need a home. And if you find a pet, knock on your neighbor's doors, try to find its owners, put it on Petco Love Lost instead of just going to the shelter and handing that responsibility. Like everyone can participate, volunteer at your shelter. So we try to get the message out as broadly as we can you know, telling the stories either locally, regionally, nationally, um, to our, our, all of our Petco guests, just trying to bring information about where people can get help. I should also say we even do some things on the pet cancer side and trying to help people get treatment for their pets that have cancer too. So 
you know, I, I think really just sharing information is, is a huge way to get there. You had said it earlier. I didn't know one in three pets go missing. I mean, it's not even on my radar. You know, how do we, how do we make, how do we make sure people are aware of that? I didn't know if I just fostered one pet a year and just 2% of all households did that, we could stop euthanizing animals. Wow, I could bring a dog in my house for a few weeks, maybe some puppies, maybe some kittens, right? Like everyone can make such a difference if we all just band together. Well, it's clear, Suzanne, you have a passion for this. Love that. That's, I think it's so critical for people in nonprofit organizations, particularly for the CEO role. So how can people find out more about you? And how can people find more about Petco Love? Yeah, just go if they go to petcolove.org, um, they can find more about you know what we do as an organization. If you're if you're shopping in a Petco store, I, you know next time you see that, would you like to help? You'll know what it's going to do and the impact that you're making with that donation. And all, there will also be Petco Love Lost on our Petco Love site and Petco Love Care, which will be where you can find information on the vaccines. Well, Suzanne, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Hey friends, well, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to other podcasts. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will actually help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. You can also join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community, find other resources and interviews of past guests all on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Well, thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.